I'm John from Game Life Balance US, a proud member of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the one you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. And get ready, because geekiness commences in 3, 2, 1. Stand by for a brand new episode of All Things Good and Nerdy, brought to you by the Gunna Geek Network. Bringing you the latest nerdy news and geekdom, here are the hosts of the show. Anthony. No pants, all bacon and dick butts. Naki. Anthony, you need to get laid. Willie. I don't need boobs to like a movie. Chris. So when Chris doesn't know how to transition to a new topic because he's flustered, he just hits the button on the soundboard. And sometimes some special guests. As Magneto once said, Ha ha ha, welcome to die! If you're a kid and listening, you rock and your parents are awful. A brand new ATGN starts in 3, 2, 1. I don't know why, my camera didn't turn back on all of a sudden, but hey, we're back! Live! Shut up, the- Willie! <laughs> I didn't say anything! There he is. <laughs> what, did I disappear? I have no idea, but hey, welcome everyone to episode 210 of the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast, recorded live on Sunday, May 15th, 2016. It's the day they've decided to start mowing the lawn on Sunday at 10 a.m. So if you hear me randomly having to mute because you hear in the background, it's because the lawnmower is going by my house because it's a great idea to mow lawns on Sunday mornings. Especially at 10 a.m. when everybody's trying to sleep. In. Actually, they started with the weed eaters at 9.30 my time. So they've already been out there for an hour and a half, which is whatever. They got to do their job. I don't care. But I've Sunday morning, it. it's really a poor time. Also, yeah, don't people shit. have off on Sundays? Some. But I guess <laughs> uh, this time of year for lawn care, you mow when you can when it's been raining for like two straight weeks. That's true. We've had that issue yeah. here. So, if you all saw, I finished my bacon on camera here because I was like, I was trying to savor it and keep it going for the whole show, but I was like, no! And then I ate it, and it was delicious. Bacon. Wait, you were going to keep that one strip throughout the whole episode and just nibble on it? I was going to try, but I got to think. <laughs> well, what you need to do then is make yourself that a bacon Bloody test. Mary, where you use bacon-infused vodka and stick a couple uh, sticks of bacon in it, too. But I don't drink. You guys well, have it's to for the for bacon, me. not for the alcohol. Oh, that's true. It's mostly tomato juice. You'll be fine. See, problem solved. <laughs> Can I just have a tomato juice? You got a point. <laughs> With the, bacon? Where's the fun in that? That's true. That sounds disgusting. Well, that's essentially what a Bloody Mary is. But there's <laughs> yeah, vodka. That's why I don't drink those. Because <laughs> they're disgusting. No, I used to drink them. You just haven't had the right kind yet, that's all. If you go, I'll take mine without the bacon, without the tomato juice, just the vodka. If you go up to, uh, actually, I think there's one in in Illinois now, but there's one in uh, Milwaukee, which is what we refer to as beef country around here, and uh, he uh, there's a bar by him that does the Bloody Mary, but it has like a hamburger on top of it and like fries. You can order fries like on the side and like. Yeah, I've seen the ones like, that look like they're part of a buffet. It's actually a meal. It's not actually. It's one. Yeah, there was one in Milwaukee, and I think they actually opened one in Joliet around here. So, and I'm sure that they're in Chicago now too. Well, that's fancy. I want some. Send it my well, way. You come back to Chicago. I'm not going back to Chicago for a while now. I'm on lockdown. What? I'm not allowed to travel anymore. Yeah. The travel gods said no more travel. No, I don't know. I got nothing. <laughs> I, I was gonna say. I literally have all nothing. right. 
We we will kick the track. I gotta have a warning, guys. Uh oh. Uh, there's a lag on my screen with all you people and your voices. So if my internet goes out, you know what happened <laughs> to me. Ah, uh, new internet day. Isn't it great? <laughs> it was like I when Anthony got new Anthony, or Anthony got new Anthony, or Anthony got new. <laughs> Anthony discovered himself. Every once in a while. <laughs> he, he is Once single, in a while. and as you have heard in the intro, he does need to get laid, according to Naki. This is Anthony true. Anthony discovers Him himself Naki, nightly. Stop calling people out. Anthony Roughly every six hours. <laughs> <laughs> I... On the hour, every hour. <laughs> <laughs> that would kill me. <laughs> That's that, just that would, too much. Anthony, that, that's good. That's it. Anthony would never Someone get laid. Someone just be rubbed raw. Like, there, there would be no way to get laid because you'd be, like, on a date and be like, excuse me, I need to go take care of something and be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it would make it really inappropriate when I go see those two-and-a-half-hour-long Marvel movies <laughs> in the theater. He's going to make, oh, Captain America. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let freedom reign. That much screen time. Like, I was say, come on, no Scarlett Johansson, get back on the screen. There's no way to finish during those films. He's going to make, this is really <laughs> awkward, but Rhodey just got shot down, and I'm, I'm due right now. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when those porn movies do the extended scenes on just the guys. Like, come on. I don't, what? Really? What? Come on. Come on. Come on. It's still there. <laughs> I'm still looking at his pecs. Come on now. <laughs> okay, well, I, never, I never understood that with the with with porn, like on that, because it's Ruined like ruined orgasm. Well, there's there's moments where there's like all of a sudden you're just seeing like man, and I'm like, is this is this shot in benefit for the ladies at this point where you're seeing yeah, Allegedly. look at the V, look at the giant penis, and I'm like sitting here <laughs> like the penis isn't the attractive part on a man. I'm sorry, it's not. <laughs> At least on me, for for me, That's it's not, not the what penis. I've been told. I mean, yeah, yeah it does. Hmm, how to word this correctly? <laughs> Phrasing. I saw it's knocky. I mean, you you need it, and well, you don't necessarily need it in my case. But if I'm if I'm in the mood for dude, um. <laughs> Okay, Naki needs that on a shirt. There's a mood for dude. All right, we're going to trademark that uh, for a porn movie, for our first ever porn movie, In the Mood for Dude. There we go. Is that going to be a game movie? I feel like that's a... We're going to get Keith a t-shirt that just says dude. (laughs) (laughs) be a gay porn movie. So, guys, if you want your custom Naki ringtone saying, In the Mood for Dude, we'll have that put out after the show. (laughs) I saw you write down that timestamp. I was writing down the timestamp. I'm thinking something like bit.ly slash Naki Dude. Naki Dude. Naki Dude. That's what it might be. I don't know. So, I found out. There's our show title, In the Mood for Dude. (laughs) (laughs) But, so I found out Naki is a guy's name in Japan, and I was just like, oh. Sad. I'm a girl. I'm very proudly a girl. I like being a girl. Does it really? Does it really matter what Japan does? Yeah, they're fucking weird. Bear in mind some of the things you find in vending machines there, and we can just move on from there. Yep. But I like Japan. And you can get that on Amazon too. All right used then. Panties? How do you know this? You can get used panties on Amazon. I mean, I I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've heard about this. Apparently no, Willie's been shopping. Willie, 
Willie, see, you can't just say that and then leave us hanging. No? Okay, maybe I was not the purchaser. Maybe I was the seller. Who's to say? So you're wearing women's tomato, underwear. Tomato used panties. Would people want to buy that? Actually, <laughs> maybe if I market uh, it like I'm the one that's using them, maybe that actually might raise up the price. You, Chris, I might be richer next week. Thank you. This this just horribly, <laughs> horribly backfired, and I am so sorry. Yeah. So, so you, sorry. Actually, there there's a, quite the market for the used panty market. It's kind of weird. I don't know how we get on yeah, this topic. Right a little bit. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to talk about books, but then we came on to this, so whatever. <laughs> Phrasing? I mean, one of, one of my books is a gay porn book that I was going to talk about, but I, that's my news of the week. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, Naki's just yeah, got gay yeah, porn on her brain. So in Steven, the mood for dude. Steven's in the chat room and has pointed out he makes good money on his. I'm assuming we, this is going back to the panty talk. So, uh, Steven, you <laughs> might want to inform Willie just how you make so much good money off of yours. There you go. Talk to Steven, Willie. He'll tell you how to sell your panties. Yeah, there you go. That, that's, <laughs> I don't know. I, I saw the Steven. Uh, I saw the Mr. President doing face swaps with Chris and Stargate and Cody. And, and that was I, awesome. I got a little concerned. <laughs> All right, then. I'm going to be awkward and hit the button. <laughs> Live from the ATGN studios on uh, the internet, it's the news of the week. And I'm sorry guys, the news of the week is not selling your panties on Amazon. I'm Although sorry. we should probably tell people that, that this is not scripted, we just, this just happens. <laughs> I wish sorry. it was scripted, then we have an Wait, excuse for how ridiculous it gets. script this beforehand? I mean, some people do script their podcasts. We're we're not one of them. But well, you I know why we don't script the podcast, right? Because that sounds suspiciously like work. Yeah, yeah. and much less fun. Uh, and work. This is, this is a stream of consciousness podcast. We don't actually like. All we say before the show starts is what our news of the week is going to be, which none of us have actually like been on time with that because Chris sends it out on like Saturday, sometimes Friday, and it's usually like Sunday at nine thirty, but we're all like. Yeah, I'm going to talk about that. Well, I and can, then at 10 is when the show goes I on. can start sending it out like Monday, so you've got a full week to look at it. But yeah, I'm lazy. It's yeah, not worth it. Out. We don't do it. Well, there's there's <laughs> also that. We're, we're the best and most professional Oh, podcasts. I just thought of my news of the week. Oh, there we go. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> we now did that's it. That's how you do last minute, right there. We did it. We I heard about it. I was like, hmm. Maybe I should do that, and I forgot about it, and now it's back in my head. Yay, I remembered something. High Good five. job, Willie. Internet. I'm going to laugh if he's trying to do the same news of the week as Chris. I don't really care. I've <laughs> well, got backups. Hey, I've, been, I've been not having internet for about over two weeks, and I finally got it Friday. Give me some slack here, guys. You nope, know. no slack. No. Well, None given. Since you are the newly returned to internet, we will let you go first, then. There's your slack. <laughs> Bacon on my uh, I hope I'm not stepping on anyone else's news because I didn't really look. <laughs> but, um, well, just I go just ahead heard, and do uh, it. <laughs> I heard recently that uh, you guys have at least seen the Games to Life or Toys to Life games, right? Yes, sir. Like Spyro, uh, Lego Dimensions. Well, apparently Disney Infinity is pulling out. Yeah. They are done with their series. I mean, on the plus so side, we can stop collecting no them more. now. <laughs> Their well, figures were Disney awesome Infinity. looking, though. 
Yeah, we, uh, well, boyfriend collected Disney Infinity, and luckily we don't have to do that anymore, because now that that money sink is over, we don't have to do it. Well, and ironically, it was a money sink for Disney, too. They lost something like $141 million on it this year, and that's part of why they canceled it. And they even had plans for some future stuff. There was going to be Rogue One Infinity characters. There was going to be deluxe edition, like 9 or 12-inch tall characters that would light up and stuff like that. They canned all of that. Wow. Yeah, they weren't making any money on those I think the figures. last ones they will release, from what I heard, the last ones they will release is going to be the Finding Dory ones. I believe you're correct. There is yeah. The stuff that is currently being manufactured or whatnot will come out, but there is nothing after that. So all the plans for Rogue One and things like that, that is not going to happen. That's a shame. The game is fun. Um, I don't know, like a while ago, we posted video of me playing um, Star Wars the the Force Awakens pack with a uh, boyfriend, and Ooh. I was Ray, and I was walking around with a thing that I didn't know what it was, and we found it in Rebels, but we still don't know what it is, but it looks like um, uh, uh, where is he? It looks like a kid version of that guy. If you can't, I know it's you can't really. <laughs> I don't. I can't remember his name, but it's like the what the original Chewbacca was gonna look like. Oh, okay. It's like the kid version of him. And I was carrying him around, and I was just calling him my best friend. And I carried him around <laughs> while riding a Bantha. It was fantastic. Um, nice. But the, the game itself is fun, but those figures, you know, they're, you're, you're thinking they're like 15 bucks a piece, and people don't want to invest that into that money sink. So, yeah, I mean, I could see where they lost money on it. I'm the, the surprised that Skylanders has gone on for as long as The it problem has. is there's so many of those now. You've, you've got Disney Infinity, which just yeah. wrapped. You've got Skylanders, which was arguably what started. You've got Disney doing their version uh, not Disney, a Lego that is, I'm sorry. And then you also have yes. uh, the Nintendo Amiibos. Now, to be fair, it seems like most people oh, are just yeah. collecting those because they look cool, and look Nintendo short supplies a lot of them. So the collectors yeah. and secondary market is re goddamn ridiculous for Amiibo. That's that's true. I've got three. And I, I don't even have a Wii U. Keith has the Wii U. I so wanted the Zelda. My Yoshi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and here's my two Animal Crossing ones. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I wanted the Link from uh, Twilight Princess, but I never got it. My buddy and his kid are doing the Lego yeah. Dimensions ones. Those ones are cool because they cost about the same as a Lego set anyways. But then you also get the game free the game features. Yeah, I don't have a warm fuzzy for Lego Dimensions. That's the Dimensions. only one I'm actually interested in playing. Yeah, I don't have a warm fuzzy for that one either. Because if you go and look at like Walmart or Toys R Us, look at what's on the clearance rack when it comes to these Toys to Life thing right now. It's oh, Lego yeah. Dimensions. It's been marked down everywhere. So as much as the concept is cool, and hey, they did a Doctor Who play set, so that's kind of cool. It doesn't seem to be taking off quite as well as expected either. Maybe the Toys to Life thing is dying off for now, and we'll see it come back a few years from now. I mean, Guitar Hero died off, and it's sort of back. I might go get some. Yeah, Marvel. I'm sorry. What was that? That Marvel. might be later on. Someone just got something. For those <laughs> about to rock, Willie salutes you. Uh, oh, Anaki. His name is Zeb. Hey, Barry. And he's on the side. Oh, thank you. I could not think of his name for the life Zeb. of me. Zeb. Um, Marvel also has their own line outside of Disney Infinity. Too, oh, I forgot that. about that. That Playmation crap or whatever. Yeah, the Playmation. And I I was just like, doesn't Disney own you? Like, how did this happen? Like, it just is literally taking away from its own product. It was so stupid. <laughs> I never heard of this. What do you play it on? Uh, you can play it on all three of the newer consoles, uh, I believe, and it's essentially the same damn thing. Just all Marvel characters. It's by and Hasbro. It's, yeah, it's by Hasbro. So, 
I just I don't understand why that came oh. into play because I was like, you're just taking content away. You're just taking it away from one of your already products. Like that just doesn't make any sense to me. But yes, that was a thing that also came out. Yeah, so Playmation, I guess, I pulled up the website real quick, was also supposed to combine like toys you could use to interact with them. And I vaguely remember now, like you can see in this picture, the kid's got an, a uh, okay. repulsor gauntlet or whatnot. Supposedly you can use that to interact with the toys and stuff like that. I don't remember a ton about it. I saw something on it, but I don't see it being too successful either. It's it's also powered by Disney, as like what Disney Infinity had. So I don't understand why they didn't just meld that into what they already created. Could have been a separate contract that was already in place before the acquisition. Who knows? But I guess yeah, what they're billing I guess. what they're billing on here is there's Repulsor Gauntlet, there's Gamma Gear, which is basically Hulk fists that you can use, and you use all that to interact with the smart figures. And the figure sculpts look pretty cool. That Ultron is pretty badass with Thor's hammer at the base and and Captain yeah. America's shield. If you look, if you, they're always at Target is where I always see them at, and they, the figures are really nice. It's like Amiibo in the sense that they build very well. It's just, it's a money sink. Yeah, but the difference is Amiibo, they purposely short supply some of these things, whereas uh, they don't for the other stuff. You just get them because it's not like you have to go to the secondary market to find the random Yoshi that everyone wants. That's my biggest heartburn with this Amiibo. What ba there's also blue and pink ones of this one. Uh, I have the Yarn Yoshi for the audio listener. Um, I uh, uh, boyfriend got me this one for Valentine's Day actually, and he's he sits very happily on my desk. I love the Yarn Yoshi game, the uh, Yoshi's Woolly World. So I love it. I have They're so soft. Woolly World. I have a yeah. BB-8 that sits on my desk <laughs> and watches me. I have a lot of toys that sit on my desk. I have this squishy penguin. I don't know where it's from or anything. It just squish. And it just, <laughs> it's just I got two more pops from my desk at work this week. I got Heimdall and black and white Loki. Nice. I also have a bat signal that lights up. Nice. I have four, five pop figures. I've got Joker Batman. And I've got um, Amethyst from Steven Universe. I've got Handsome Jack. I've got uh, uh, Probot from uh, Yo Gabba Gabba. I've got Kermit the Frog. I've got, and then I've got the two, um, the two other uh, amiibos. Your argument is invalid because I have Garrus, and Garrus trumps all. I'm sorry, but <laughs> did you say a light up unicorn? Because I have a light up unicorn. Garrus, <laughs> Garrus Vicarian. If you've played the Mass Effect games, you know how awesome that is. <clears throat> Wait, are we measuring our geek boners? Apparently, just, just our desk, just our desk toys. Well, I've got... some of us don't have a desk. And whose fault is that? I'll have one again soon. Poor life choices. I got me a Deathstroke also. So suck nice. it, Trebek. I, <laughs> suck I have, Trebek. I have the city of Gondor. That is also a hidey hole. I have a garden gnome <laughs> that flips people the bird. It's been sitting behind my desk. I can't get it out easily right now, or yeah. I would. Sorry, guys. Remind the other me side the of my show. desk has a Smeagol. I mean, if you, if you really want to go the whole ridiculous office decoration, I still have that right there. And for those you on do, the audio, you, you that is life-size Spider-Man. Yeah, until I oh. steal that, I think Chris wins. <laughs> Suck it! Suncast is in the chat. Because I have nothing. Have a penis? Well, he's got a cod piece, just like all other superheroes do. Dance belt. I highly recommend them. <laughs> I see Suncast in the chat room says, I have nothing except the posters I just bought yesterday at the con. And that's right. I remember seeing some awesome photos from Suncast from the Motor City Con, and plus he got to go to the Allison Mack panel, so I'm also jealous because that was probably pretty damn cool. He touched her butt. Congrats. That'd be worth going. <laughs> He'd probably, I, I don't know if he touched the butt. I was not at that con. You was going to say, <laughs> you just 
disparage Suncast character potentially. Way to go, Naki. No, Suncast m- might have not touched the butt. I can't say that. Shame. <laughs> I don't know if he Shame. didn't touch the butt. He could have touched the butt. My if butt he is, and he's regretting it now. He should have touched the I, butt. And I didn't say it was her butt. I said the butt. There's butts. They're everywhere. <laughs> Especially at conventions. He does point out in the chat room, well, it did look like I was kidnapping her, and that is true. If you have seen the photo he posted, Suncast was cosplaying as Rip Hunter from Legends of Tomorrow, and the photo certainly looks like he's kidnapping Allison Mack. Nice. <laughs> she was on She was on Smallville for many years. She's used to being kidnapped. It's true. That's true. She got kidnapped a lot on that. She was the lowest lane of that show. Until they got a lowest lane. Yeah. I was about to say, wasn't there a lowest lane? There was Eventually. a lowest lane. Well, I will go next with my news because it's a follow-up from last week's news. I don't know if you heard, uh, Supergirl did get renewed for season two, but here's the catch. It's moving over to the CW. So you will have four nights in a row, potentially, of superhero programs. Because the cast is so goddamn pretty. Well, it's not necessarily that. It's because it is cheaper, and it was also confirmed that they will no longer be doing the filming in Los Angeles. They will be moving to Vancouver to be filming Supergirl, which is also much cheaper for them to film that way. Yeah. No, Chris, that's not that's not the reason why it's moving to the CW. What happened was the Flash ran so fast when he went into their world. When he came back, he accidentally pulled them all into the CW. Yeah, there you go. Duh. I do like that. Uh, so a lot of fan speculation <laughs> now is let's get our Crisis on Infinite Earths and make it so Supergirl exists in the Flaro universe, which would be really cool. Basically, what it comes down to is the fact the ratings were not quite high enough for what they wanted to be on CBS. So instead of canceling it, they cut the budget some and moved it over to CW to fit in with the rest of the superhero programming. So I think the best comment I'd seen on this was um, one of the guys I follow on Twitter goes, CW, make the right move. Bring back Constantine and do five nights in a row of DC superhero Dear television. God, yes. I will, go awesome. back, I will go back to watching TV if you bring back Constantine. But, Chris, don't fucking say Flaro again. I'll okay. smack you. It's the Flaro universe. No, I've heard it's both. He won't, he won't smack you. You can't smack me, but that's beside the point. Why can't He's it not be the Flaroverse? That, that term has been coined far before I ever said it. That is an awful term. It's the Berlantiverse. Because all things Berlanti are amazing. No, I'm going to keep calling it the Flaroverse. Sorry. Your argument is invalid. And Suncast does have a good point. He goes, makes more sense on CW to me anyways. Yeah, I agree. That's why I think everyone was very surprised when it was first announced that Supergirl is coming to CBS. And everyone kind of went, what? Yeah, it seems weird. You know, they own a channel. Why would you put your show on a different channel? Well, they co-own that with Warner Brothers. But still, there's a reason that Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. owned by Disney is on ABC, owned by Disney. Like, oh, it just fucking makes sense. It's not It's not unheard of for shows that are not made by that channel to be, like, on another channel. For instance, Fox had a show, and that wasn't necessarily good, called Grandfather, that was done by ABC Studios, but on Fox, because mm-hmm. ABC passed on it. So it happens. It's not unheard of. And then of. it got canceled. Well, does anyone surprise by all the things that got canceled? Weird. There was a lot of cancellations this week. <laughs> Yeah, and sorry, SP, Agent Carter got yeah. canceled. Gallivant got canceled, which I heard a lot of people upset about. Um, the only thing that I watched that got canceled... The only reason I wasn't sad about Agent Carter is they ended it very well. Yeah, that could be. I haven't watched this season yet. I'm part of the problem. I'm going to say the first season was a lot better than the second season. Yeah, I could see that. In quality. But again, haven't watched the second season yet because I'm part of the problem. I've never watched it. <sighs> Chris... I don't watch I don't I don't watch Agents of Shield either. 
Oh, that's what I need to do today. I need to catch up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. now that I have internet. Yes, so do I. I'm, I'm 11 episodes behind. <laughs> Sweet internet. I, I kind of got worried as he was stroking his television set, I'll be honest. At least someone's <laughs> stroking something else. I was afraid I was going to have to hit this button. I got scared. Hand check. Sorry, I need like 30 more seconds before I can show that. No. My hand check is suction cupped. <laughs> oh, please. Uh, somebody take another news story so we don't I, have to I'll talk about with, this. I'll go with my news. No, no, no. Chris, Chris, no, you no, look me in the Willie. eye. No. I, I'm not going to look you in the eye. <laughs> I'll go with my news of the week. So um, I'm ignoring everybody and just going to power through this. Uh, <laughs> so this week was a uh, book con over in Chicago at McCormick Place. It was put on by Read Pop, um, who are the same people who do C2E2 and New York Comic Con and Emerald City Con and whatever. So um, <clears throat> I ran into all the people that I know, and that was cool. And on top of that, um, so tickets were 30 bucks, which I thought was weird because it's a one-day convention, so I was like, that's a lot for a one-day convention. And then I got my swag, and I definitely got more than $30 worth of stuff. Um, part of it being, so I didn't know that this was happening, but Disney is now doing The Big Friendly Giant, a roll doll book, and, um, I inadvertently, like, stumbled upon their table, like, right as they were setting up, and they were like, quick, tweet hashtag the giant libs and we'll give you a bunch of free stuff and I was like okay so I did and because the BFG is one of my absolute favorite Roald Dahl books um, so I was totally shameless in doing this so if you saw it on my Twitter feed that's why um, but I got a vinyl pop figure of the big friendly giant you uh, which will now be gracing my desk at work and a copy of the book of the movie version of the book which the intro is written by Roald Dahl's daughter and uh, they used uh, the Henson Studios to actually build the Big Friendly Giant. So the Big Friendly Giant is not CGI in this, so I'm really excited. Oh, um, sweet. He's a puppet? He's a giant puppet. That's and fucking so awesome. I'm so excited that they're actually like not doing a giant CGI movie for that. So, And then I also got a poster yeah, yeah, of, the, of the actual of the same cover that you see here. Um, so on top of that, then I started going through the actual convention and I'm not going to go through all these books because there's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 27 books here. <clears throat> there's 27 books here that I got for free. I didn't pay for any of these. <laughs> um, but so one of them is Arabelle, which is a historical romance. Um, the only booth I did not hit up was the Harley Quinn book booth because I'm not actually into romance novels, so I didn't get it. Um, but I got a New York City Walk guide, so whenever I go back to New York, I've got ideas. Um, I did steal two copies of this book because I was I'm giving one to my coworker, but it's called The Drinking Man's Diet. Uh, the original low-carb <laughs> diet, how to lose weight with minimum willpower. Um, so I'm using one for myself and one for my coworker. Um, <clears throat> um, we also got the Chicago Michelin's Guide on where to eat. 
David Arnold just wrote a new book. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever read Mosquito Land, but it's an interesting book. He wrote a new book called Kids of Appetite. I just got the uh, advanced reader copy, so I've got that. Is it about a lot of mosquitoes? I don't actually... Uh, Mosquito Land is... No, it's not about that. It's like urban fantasy fiction type thing. Um, that's kind of what this looks like, With mosquitoes. Too, with mosquitoes. Um, Those are cannibal then, kids, right? Yes. I got The Big Fat Truth, uh, which is a weight loss book written by the same guy who does uh, Extreme Weight Loss and The Biggest Loser. I'm not actually like looking forward to reading this because I'm probably just going to be like, this is stupid. This is basically just saying starve yourself and work out a lot. But I could be wrong, so I'm going to check it out. Um, <clears throat> what works, right? So the prior, which I was talking about, of uh, gay porn, I got Beneath the Strain, uh, which is a, I believe it's a vampire gay romance novel. <laughs> and I'm, What's that what gay say? porn cover? From what I understand, when I picked this up, the Ow. lady at the counter, it, oh, it says Outbreak on his, on his stomach. <laughs> of course it does. <laughs> Outbreak uh, of penis. Watch out! Um, when I picked this up, the... Oh, there's a penis on the cover. I hope that didn't grace the screen. Sorry. Um, oh <laughs> um, but I there, didn't notice it. It's at the bottom. Or that might be a hand. That might be a finger. Anyways. Um, so, he... Uh, when I picked this up, the lady at the counter said, be, be prepared to cry. You're going to cry at this book. I was like... It's a gay vampire romance novel. I don't understand how I'm going to cry, but apparently I'm going to cry when I read this. I got a whole <laughs> bunch of kids' books, too, which are all going to my nieces and nephews. And then the last, like, I got a whole bunch of comic books because uh, Boom and Kaboom Studios were there. So I got the first Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. That's an awesome, awesome freaking book. I've read the first two, and I was like, yeah, go pick up number zero if you get the chance. Gotcha. I got Over the Garden Wall, I got Jonesy, and I got Klaus, which looks kind of like... Oh, it's Grant Morrison. So there you go. That makes sense. I'm like, it's super bloody. Oh, yeah, that's his, ver that's his version of Santa Claus. It's supposedly fucking vicious. So I'll let you know how those are after I read them. And then I also bought a bunch of books, too. Um, I bought a shit ton for the kids because, like, Disney had a huge booth. So I got, like, five-minute princess stories and five-minute Star Wars stories. And I got um, Spider-Man and stuff like that. But I also got these, like, <clears throat> they had a lot of books for, like, my nephew's age, who is nine. And so there's one book. And let's see if I can reach it from here. I cannot. Um, where it's a doodle-along book. Um, it is the space Ooh. suit. Like, it's... You're you're hunting for slimy space slugs, and you draw in the book as you go through it. And I thought it was a really cool concept because my nephew loves to read and draw. So I was like, "There you go. Now you can do both." Um, I also so I got a bunch of books for the kids. Um, I got the Clockwork Scarab, which I am so excited for. It is the niece of Bram Stoker and the granddaughter of Sherlock Holmes team up and go on steampunk miss. Uh, treasure hunting adventures this is the first book in the series I'm so excited for this to exist because how can you not love it <laughs> um, I got Keith the uh, the sequel to this but this is called raise some shell and this is called this is from the pop classic series mine is about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles his is about Nick Cage and why they are so important to pop culture society so I thought that was really cool he got Nick Cage though 
I got myself Steven Universe, Too Cool for School, because I have not been able to find this one. <clears throat> and then I also got, and Boyfriend actually bought this for me, 642 Things to Write About. So for those of you who don't know, I write a lot. I write a lot of stories, and I suffer from writer's block frequently. So this is to help me bust through my writer's block. So right now I'm working on a horror story, which I've actually been on writer's block about, because it's my first horror story that I've ever written. So now i got ways to bust through it. And BookCon itself is a very quiet convention, which I was not prepared for. But at the same time, I was kind of prepared for because we're all book people and we don't talk to each other. We just read our books. Um, SP asks, what if you have 643 things to write about? Well, then I'll go buy that book. So there. <laughs> you think of one more topic. Uh, bacon, gay vampire book. There's your next topic. <laughs> yeah. Chocolate-covered bacon with honey swizzled over top of it. There's your next topic. That's a recipe. No, no, that was already part of the other... That's part of the 640. God damn it. <laughs> um, but BookCon itself was very well put together. Outside of the line management wasn't very good, um, because that was just weird, how they managed the lines for it. Um, but the, uh, the the con itself it was very well put together. There was a lot of really cool panels. Um, the autographing was kind of weird. Like You had to get wristbands to get autographs. Um, so you couldn't just go and stand in the autograph queue. Um, so I did not get to get Chris O'Dowd's autograph, which I was kind of sad because I love the IT crowd, and he's got a series of books coming out called Moon Boy. So I wanted to go buy that and stuff, but I couldn't. Um, and it was just, it was a very quiet convention, but there was a lot of free stuff. Like I said, I got like 27 free books. It was insane. And it's worth the $30 just for free books. Um, and it's... I don't know if they're going to do this yearly. I know in the past it's been in New York. It actually hasn't been in Chicago. So we'll see what happens from this point. But kudos. I liked it. I got books. books Sounds like it would be fun. Books are good. <laughs> Read your books, kids. It's true. I stress the importance of books. We need that The More You Know music from NBC right now, but that'd be copyright infringement. <laughs> That's about all we can do on that. <laughs> what I did it off key. What is not copyrighted? Your face. Your face is not copyrighted oh! yet, yeah. <laughs> Did it. Bam. Really? I don't, uh, Go copyright your face. <laughs> hack, 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 hack. Done. Did Did you? Did you? I don't think he did it. I don't think he did either. While, while he works on copyrighting his face. While he goes and fills out the proper forms right. online to copyright his face, we're going to throw it over to Anthony for his news of the week. All right. Mine, mine is somewhat sad. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, Darwin Cook passed away this week, uh, 53 from an aggressive bout with cancer. Um, anybody that's not aware, uh, the Justice League, the New Frontier movie, is probably the biggest thing that people know him from, but he worked on a ton of DC properties. Um, he's the one that has, <clears throat> if you don't know the name, he's the one that his art style looks like it's straight out of the 1950s, even though he's drawing stuff today and current. He did the uh, relaunch of uh, Catwoman in 2001 with Ed Brubaker when they changed her to have like the goggles and the more um, actual looking like a cat burglar. Um, he worked on a ton of different books, X-Force, Spider-Man Tingles Web, the Wolverine Dupe series, uh, multiple Eisner and Harvey Awards, uh, worked on The Spirit, and then he also worked on, a, he was one of the only guys who Richard Stark ever allowed to work on the Parker character. He did four of the... Parker, uh, Richard Stark's Parker books for uh, IDW. So, I mean, the guy just had an, um, an amazing, you know, chunk of work, and it's, just, it's another one of those, you know, 
a fantastic artist take, taken way too early from cancer, and it just pulled today on Facebook. I want to read it to you guys. Uh, uh, Jamal Eigel is one of the people I follow on Facebook. If you don't know him, he's an artist on um, Molly Danger now for Action Lab. He worked on New Warriors and Supergirl for a while. He put this up this morning. The lesson you should take from the passing of people like Darwin Cook, Prince Rogers Nelson, David Bowie Jones is stop your complaining, whining, and wishy-washy bullshit. Get off your ass. Do something. Anything. Leave a mark. Make some fucking noise. Don't be afraid to fail. Accept that you might, if you do, brush yourself off and try again. Time's short. Life's not fair. Fight for your place. I just, I really like that. And, yeah, just... Fucking the uh, I always put up like hashtags for when I you know we do the pod we put up hashtag make pod I do hashtag make comics again make something just you know everybody is able to create something so it's it's one of those things that every time I see someone like that you know we lose a, an amazing artist it just makes you want to you know remind people to go out and fucking do something to make your mark in the world if you can't draw try writing that's what I do I can't yep. draw for shit. I can't. Everybody draw. can do something. I podcast. There you go. I also podcast. Check that out. I'm on a podcast right now. Holy shit. Yep. Make I pod. show up and talk on Sundays. Does that count? That works. You're making something. Yay. Whether they like us or not, we're making a podcast every week. They will take content. That's right. Consume we'll make our it and we'll take it. Consume us. Consume <laughs> us. We'll slip right yeah. down that butt crack. No, Anthony. I almost called you Anthony. That was something out of Anthony's mouth. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Consume, consume, hey. consume, consume. I don't even know what's going on right now, I'll be honest. Nobody does. Chris okay. checked out an hour Just ago. Just roll with it, Chris. Just roll with it. Well, nobody knows what's going on. Before we move on to talking about Civil War, because it's what we said we would do this week. I do like, right. I do like to remind <laughs> folks that we are part of a network. It's called the Gunna Geek Network. You can find that over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com or GunnaGeek.com. And we want to highlight another show on the network this week. This week we're going to talk about Game Life Balance US, episode 18, entitled Video Game Commitment Anxiety, Gardening, and Budweiser's America. John rips on Budweiser's ridiculous proposed summer name change, then learn why Cody has Star Fox Zero commitment anxiety following his triumph over the Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess HD. Plus, John's big birthday was so big, he literally forgets how old he is, and Cody does a quick hit on Captain America Civil War. So go check that out over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Game Life Balance US is one of my favorite podcasts on the network because Cody and John are damn hilarious. Yeah, they're fun. They're funny. They guys. also smell fun. They also smell funny. So they, they smell funny too. <laughs> well, you heard it. Right. You heard it here first from Naki. They smell funny. So we're gonna take the next <laughs> ten minutes or so, and we're gonna talk about Civil War because we promised it. So here's your warning for spoilers. If you're an audio listener, <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> Hope you're not deaf now. Nobody's deaf. That was an awesome thing. <laughs> we can fix that. What do you mean we could? I would put up the lower third that says spoiler alert, but my lower third hasn't worked for three weeks now. It's just the current trend of all the things I used to do podcasting, like like um, Blab and Google Hangouts all hate me right now and don't work properly. But, Yay! Yeah. Good job, Google. ATGN, technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. So That's Civil true. War. We talked about we it do. last week. We did not get into spoilers, obviously. I think it's fair to say we all loved the shit out of it. Is that accurate? Fuck yes. Yes. I, okay. Uh, yes, I did. 
I did love it. I acknowledged the problems with it, like I would if I ever saw Batman vs. Superman, but I will not, because I've got better things to do with my time. Um, but there, there is problems with it in the sense that you know how I have a problem with it. You already, you guys already know how I have a problem with it. I bet you anything, because it's the same thing I have a problem with when it comes to Marvel properties in general. What? What? It was too good? No. <laughs> there was zero Hispanic and zero Asian, and the treatment of women sucked. So there's that. I will defend that part on this one. Black Widow, for the first time, didn't suck balls. When it... Did you not see Captain America Winter Soldier? Black Widow sucked in Winter Soldier? Come on. No, yeah, you what they, can't say that. No, they still, again, used her as a sex bunny. But, again, I acknowledge that that's what they do with her in the Marvel properties. I hate the fact that they put Su- Susan Carter, right? Susan? Sharon Carter. Sharon Carter. Whatever. They made her Captain America love interest, where it's like, why? You have, don't have to do have this. Have you not read the comics? Because that's the comics. She is a love interest of Steve Rogers. Yes, I'm aware, but that doesn't mean, <laughs> considering how little, they don't always reference their comics, that could have been something that they left out. They, anyway, they already hinted at it in Winter Soldier. I know, and I hated it then, too. I said that problem back then when we saw that movie. But anyways, anyways, I'm just tired of all the, all the, all the women automatically being a love interest. That's just a thing. Like, Wanda's already a love interest of Vision, which, yes, I know that's part of the comics, and that becomes Magneto, blah, blah, blah. I already aware. But I was Wait. just like, it's, it's, it's already implied, and it, it's already. But my biggest problem was the zero, the the zero Hispanic, zero Asian population. In this, again, we're having this issue. But then again, I'm not saying I didn't love this movie. Those were the two problems that I acknowledged, and I moved on with my life. Well, I got a question. You say all the women are nothing but love interests. Can you say the same for the guys? They're nothing but love interests as well. Hmm. No, I can't because you didn't look at Black Panther and Black Widow and be like, "Oh, those two are gonna bang," because that wasn't something that was gonna happen. You didn't look at you know Iron Man and Black Widow Pepper and be like, Pops. "Oh, yes." There's nobody in this movie that's trying to bang the scar, the, trying to bang Black Widow. No, no, uh, Hulk's already gone. No, this this is the first movie where she isn't though. Nobody uh, was Iron trying to bang her in Winter Soldier either. Um, yeah. no, but they used her as a sex bunny. Where? Where? Uh, the, How? The whole th- the, never mind. You know what? I don't feel, <laughs> because I've had this argument like three times already. Like, I don't even want to do it again. But like the whole thing with the oh, people are uncomfortable with with public displays of affection. Kiss me, and then they went into that whole talk on like Steve's love life in the car. Like that was totally unnecessary and unneeded. She but pulled an awesome spy move, move. Hers. and then she was a caring friend. No, it that wasn't a caring friend situation. That was him or her she'd making been, fun of him. She'd been trying for, to set him up all movie with other people. I know, and I yeah. it was unnecessary to me. To me, that was just unnecessary. I you're talking it was good to banter. But this is you're also talking to me, the most cold hearted person in the world. I just don't care for that shit. Well, so I'm well, at least tied with you there. I don't even think your heart is cold enough to dislike this Spider Man though. I, I adored this Spider-Man. This Spider-Man was amazing. See how I brought us back, guys. Oh. I brought us back Good from job, the brink. Chris. We're going to talk about Spider-Man because Tom Holland was an effing badass as Peter Parker Spider-Man. He held his own he on screen one-on-one awesome. with Robert Downey Jr. There was like no comp. You weren't sitting there going, 
whoa, this guy's getting overshadowed. You're like, no, this kid is doing his part. He's sitting there and you're like, this is great. They're both really good off each other. And I totally called it that Tony Stark was going to hit on Aunt May because, hey, it's Tony Stark. Uh, I, yeah. also, I also totally called the, the Tony Stark uniform or um, uh, thing. Yeah, uh, which we knew is why the, the spider suit was going to be Stark design. Yeah. Did you guys hear the interesting story about that spider suit, though? That is entirely CGI. The spider suit. Yeah. Yeah. 100% CGI. Most, I'm on, the fact- if you get a chance, go uh, check out Gunna Geek's Facebook page. We shared a how they did all the special effects in the fight scenes. There is so much green screen used in this movie, but you don't realize it from time to time yeah. because the it's airport so airport well was fake. There was no airport. That is insane. The fact that they did a fully 3D digitally rendered environment for that okay. giant fight scene. Can we talk about Giant Man? Because, oh my god. <laughs> I was so excited. <laughs> One more thing, though. Aunt May, I finally realized how old I am. When you want to bang Aunt May, when you think Aunt May is the hottest person in the movie, that's when you realize you're old. So many people are offering up to be Uncle Ben at this um, point. Uh, oh, draftsman yeah. already did in the chat room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Aunt May is hot. Fucking hot. Um, well, I will be Uncle Ben at this point. I'm just going to throw it out there. I was about to say, who doesn't? Are we all old then? Yes. We're all getting there. Um, hey. Willie's still younger than me. Damn it. I can't say I'm the baby of this group. You're not the baby anymore, Naki. How does Uh-oh. it feel? <laughs> but no, Giant Man was awesome. And yeah, when, when, when he's saying that he's going to try something, and if I rip myself in half, don't come back for me, and they're, they're over there talking to the side, he's going to do what? What the fuck is he going to do? That just made me so excited for Ant-Man 2 where I'm like, yes, we got Giant Man 2. Well, and I liked his updated suit too. I thought that was pretty cool too, where it's got like the touch screen to control the pin particles and stuff and they redid yeah. the helmet. It was it was pretty cool, a more modern take on his old school uniform that he had cuz the old school uniforms were from what the 70s in Ant-Man. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you talk about an actor not being overshadowed and Paul Rudd played that perfectly for the whole sequence that he's in, where he's stepping in between basically all the major heroes of the Marvel Universe, and he's just like, oh, fucking cool, you're Captain America. Oh, shit, I know you too. Oh, oh, I know you. You guys are awesome. Like, he, he, he was, was the was fan. So That's what happens yeah, if you were to put one of us in that movie. You'd be like, oh, my God, you're yeah. Captain America. You're Tony Stark. This is so cool. I mean, he, he was how we get our perspective, because he's just like us in that regard. Yeah. I uh my favorite I think part was the fact that they kept Spider-Man talking throughout the the, the fight scene mm-hmm. where he was yeah. just man do you know that there's not this much talking during a fight <laughs> yeah he it, was quippy because he's nervous it exactly was, like he's supposed to be it was one of the most accurate portrayals of Spider-Man we've seen on the big screen we've seen people get close to doing Peter Parker right but this was the best they've done the Spider-Man character on screen and it's no disrespect towards Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield they were both very good in their own regards but Marvel knows how to do their characters right, and they did a perfect job, I thought, here with Tom Holland as Peter Parker, and they did it in like a short time frame. Because remember, they were about to wrap yeah. up filming on Civil War when the deal was announced that Spider-Man was coming back to the MCU. I mm. like the, the uh, end scene. Like yeah, because I think they were saying they had to shoot without him. Yeah. Well, at the end scene, it says Spider-Man will return. It doesn't say anything else. Just Spider-Man. Will yes, the, the second post-credits teaser was basically all yeah. set up for Spider-Man, which was awesome. I mean, the takeaway there is that Peter's web shooters have Stark tech in them, and it seems more like it's not just the Spider logo like you would normally see on Peter's belt in the comics and stuff. It seems more like 
there's stark text similar to what's in Tony's cell phones and stuff where it has the 3D display that projects and you can do cool stuff. So I'm very curious to see what yeah. all this stark tech is that, yeah, comes into play. The fact that they mixed it with the spider logo that he used to have on his belt was fucking amazing. Oh, and we totally forgot to do something, mention something here. Uh, during the airport scene, Steven brought said, let's talk the Empire Strikes Back shout out. That really old movie in the snow. <laughs> yeah, that part was great. Well, that was the thing. Like Tom Holland's nineteen; he's supposed to be playing sixteen. He, like he comes across like he's fucking twelve. Like he, really he comes is. across so young. It's it's perfect for the idea of doing a young Peter Parker. Like yeah, he's he's so yeah. The idea is that really old movie. Like what the fucking Star Wars? Yeah. So I, I honestly think that Paul Rudd and Tom Holland stole the screen when they were on screen. Their screen time, they stole all the scenes there, and they were both very good. Oh, and Paul Rudd's maniacal laughter when he grows to ant-man yeah. that's like the, one of the best shots in the movie it's all up close on his eyes he's all <laughs> as he's fucking grabbing war machine that part was hilarious i laughed so fucking hard at that and i do feel bad yeah. for war machine at the end of this because we thought he might die at least he's alive but paralyzed so you got that going hey, for that's all vision's fault i was gonna say doesn't I that happen to him not. like four times though yeah friendly yeah. fire friendly fire yeah, you know, I don't know why Iron Man was blaming fucking Falcon. It ain't Falcon's fault that he's good at combat. Well, you've got to understand, Tony Stark here, his world has been destroyed over the span of all of these movies. He comes off originally, he's like this cocky guy that knows everything. He thinks he gets a hold on being Iron Man, and then he screws up. He's got PTSD that he probably still hasn't gotten taken care of yet from Avengers 1. He's lost Pepper. His friends are all shattering apart as he's doing everything he can to keep them together. His life sucks right now. And then he gets called Mr. Stank. <laughs> he's all emotional i'm n never letting that one go table for one mr stank <laughs> i mean i mean look that at it from his perspective thing. these movies all recently have been about everything tony stark loves and likes falling apart around him his family in the avengers has fallen apart around him he thought he could trust in cap and then it's cap's best friend that killed his parents and cap knew about it and didn't say anything to him so he snaps I think that's mostly what happens with Tony is this is where he finally just snaps at the end of this movie. And that's how the whole Tony and Cap fight goes down is now he does not give two shits anymore. Well, by second, did I miss something? When did Captain America find out that he killed his parents? Winter Soldier, they show yeah. uh, on all the Hydra computers and stuff. The uh, that, um, excuse me, Anthony and Maria Stark were killed. And it's when all the Hydra scenes are going up. So you look on screen and it doesn't necessarily explicitly say Bucky. But it was one of the Hydra assassins, and we all know the primary assassin being Winter Soldier. Yeah, and with with Steve hunting him down, he would have found all that stuff out. But no, by comparison, we know Steve's got PTSD because he actually fought in a fucking war. He was frozen for 50 years and lost everybody in his world, and he's still fighting the good fight because he's a better person than Tony Stark. I'm okay. still Team Iron Man. I'm Team so Iron Man. Team I mean... Cat, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> they're both i mean if you get into yeah, it there's a way sons of bitches there's a lot of interviews out there with the directors and the screenwriters out here that said we purposely designed this movie so that there's no clear right or wrong person in it everyone's right yeah, at different points which, everyone's wrong at different points that's one of the things i loved about this it's ambiguous they, know, they did it very well you, it's not like the comics where you read the comics you're like oh man team cap all the way yeah I yeah mean, that was that was a real problem with the comics though too I thought so too, but they did a good job of paying homage to the comics in some of the scenes, like the whole scene in the Hydra base where you've got a tone. Oh, I've got the screen capture here. I'm trying to think. It's based <laughs> off the Civil War number seven cover where uh, Iron Man has got his ga repulsor gauntlets all over the shield and they're just 
Where the hell oh is yeah, it? when he's blasting the shield. Yeah, when he's blasting uh, the shield. This should be showing up, right? Assuming I'm seeing. You're no, showing I'm, the Darwin Cuscale. I don't even frontier. have that open anymore, and it's trying to yeah, show that. Google so hangouts. yeah, way to go, Google. Uh, to that's go. how awesome Darwin Cook's artwork is. It just uh, hangs around. SP just texted me because uh, I'm not supposed to be paying around. attention to my phone, but I am. Uh, SP just texted me. I'm Team Agent Thirteen. So. Oh. <laughs> So a couple, couple of comments from the chat and we can bring up as we start to wrap it up. Uh, Draftsman has said, have you guys noticed that the Starks are always getting into trouble? I mean, Tony, Jon Snow, guys who's a Stark, and then Rob Stark. They're all getting into <laughs> trouble. <laughs> you got to remember, I, almost everything that's happened is Tony Stark's oh, fault. I didn't talk about the awesome thing that I got over at BookCon, speaking of which. Uh-oh. This was marked down from $40. Uh, this is a Game of Thrones House Stark. Uh, colli- House uh, Stank. Really- you lost me at really, Game really of Thrones. Cool. So look at this. It comes with the wax press and everything. Ooh, and nice. A and, you, and underneath the journal is uh, old-timey paper with envelopes and stuff like that, so I could actually send people stuff with my seal of House Stark. That's cool. Marked down from 40 bucks. I'm expecting one. <laughs> so I don't even know all... if I'm going to open it. It's so pretty. I do want to get to Steven's comment in the chat room here in a second, but one of the other moments that really tugged at me is when you see Winter Soldier go to kill Anthony and Maria Stark, and you see the elder Stark look, look up at him and go, Sergeant Barnes? I was like, oh, oh, that hurts. Because you remember, yeah, they were friends he knew too. Who it was. Yeah. He knew the guy that was killing him. Steven has a really good comment I wanted to bring up. The chat room keeps scrolling by real quick, so I'm having an issue with it. But he goes, there was one part to me that was the only truly vulnerable Tony moment, a moment where you see him as an actual human emotionally hurt. When he takes the shield, the show to Cap about not deserving the shield, I'd argue the majority of the other times, even when he finds out about his parents, he's still partially led by the bigger picture. The shield moment is 100%, this was my dad's project and who you'd be ashamed of you emotional moment. That... That one hurt. I mean, and you could tell yeah. that that barb hurts Cap too at the same time because look on his face and seeing him drop the well, yeah. shield, I was like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, the fact that he drops the shield and walks away, which I mean, it, it goes to the idea that we might actually get Falcon Cap going into Avengers: Infinity War or whatever they end up renaming it. Well, I don't know about that because uh, Falcon's a fugitive blaming, too. He's also yeah. blaming Falcon for Rhodey being hurt. Well, I think he realizes after the fact that. It's not necessarily yeah, no, Falcon's totally fault. Vision's fault. He fucked up that shot. Because he's even Sam goes. Sam was just smart enough to get the fuck out of the way. Remember, he talks to Vision. He goes, "What happened?" He goes, "I got distracted." He goes, "I didn't know you could do that." And Vision's like, "Neither did I." I mean, this is also partly yeah. Vision's coming of age here too. And Wanda loved. Yeah, because he's falling in love. Again, I know it's part of the universe. <laughs> as long as they don't have devil children like in the books, because I don't know how they would do that. Well, I actually am really excited for Wanda nah, to take he, over and like explore the universe. <laughs> <laughs> There's no mutants, so it's tough to do House of M. Naki, uh, Willie, are you going to start a fight with me? I agree with you, Naki. <laughs> oh, no, I'm actually going to agree with, with you. Yes, victory. They're, okay. Because they could have brought someone in, and it could have made it just a little bit better. They could have had some more Michael Pena in it. <laughs> there you go. They can because he knows a guy. He knows a guy. Knows a guy. He, he is awesome. Yeah. He was, God, he was funny in fucking Ant Man. He was. It was great. Okay, we also we haven't talked about how awesome fucking Chad McBoseman was though. Oh my God, Black Panther! <laughs> like he's perfect. He was so good. Black Panther was amazing in this. It was like the th- the three they took over that movie for me. It was it was Chadwick Boseman. It was Tom Holland. It was Paul Rudd. You know, for me, those three characters that they just 
wabam it was so good i'm like he I, I read some interviews i guess chadwick boseman used the accent the entire time they were doing the movie even when the cameras weren't running so that he'd make sure he could keep it down and well done it's probably a good idea yeah because it, it was a good accent where it didn't seem cheesy or overdone and, and like yeah the guy who played his dad to chaka like that actor did a great job too like them just their little banter back and forth at the un was fucking fantastic and then the fact that you get yeah you got you know zemo's trying to get revenge stark's trying to get revenge fucking everybody's you know, all these people are trying to kill each other and then it, when it comes down to it at the very end black panther's the one person that's smart enough to say no i'm not gonna fucking let you win like the fact that like they elevated that character that way was so well done well, he He's also like, no, I'm not going to let vengeance consume me. Yeah, he was seeing what that vengeance was doing to everyone else and realizing this is a path yeah. that I don't need to go down. And it was very well done. The first post credit scene also does a great job of setting up the upcoming Black Panther movie because oh, they're in Wakanda. Oh, I can't wait. They've got <laughs> Cap's Avengers team is is probably based in Wakanda, it looks like, and the Winter Soldier back on ice. So my guess is Sebastian Stan has signed like a nine picture deal. He's probably going to get de-iced <laughs> in the Black Panther movie at some point in time. Yeah. I well, that do I didn't even think about say. it. When I rewatched it the second time, you guys realize that the one thing that will fix Bucky's brain is the tech that Stark invented that he showed at MIT. Yep. Bar. Yep. Yeah. I, I didn't even catch it the first time I watched. It. I was like, oh fuck! The only way to actually fix fix Bucky is to use fucking Tony's tech. Like that's did, so fucked up. So speaking of that of that scene, how well done was the CGI to make? him looks oh so God. young so let's go back oh, yeah. a few years to how much we made fun of it and like what was it x-men 3 or whatever the de-aging stuff take yeah. step it forward to ant-man yeah. where the michael douglas de-aging was so well done and now yeah, they're able michael to do douglas it perfect yeah and now they did it with this and nobody expected it, and you're like holy crap this looks great it's not like the crappy tron look they did for jeff bridges nope. and it's much better than what they did for patrick stewart i was like holy crap it is finally here you can de-age people so easily yeah. on screen i guess it was well, full-on, also... like, weird science, Robert Downey Jr. It was creepily yeah. oh, good. I went with uh, Chaplin. Like, he looked like he was yeah. straight out of Chaplin in that. And I, that's one of my favorite Robert Downey Jr. movies, if you didn't know that. And uh... I was, I was going to say, coming uh, back to school. That works, yeah. too. I mean, yeah. he looked so young and, like, much slimmer. And it was like, and he looked so good. And I was just like, holy crap. <laughs> I didn't recognize him at first. I was like, oh, who's that kid on the couch? Kind of looks like Ferris Bueller. What? Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. The fucking youngest fuck RDJ. Yeah, that scene, it, it was creepy because it was so well done. And yeah, it was like the Michael Douglas one in Ant-Man where it's perfect. Like, there's nothing you can look at it. Like, the Tron one, like, it looked like he had, you know, a lens over his face. And yeah, the original Patrick Stewart one, it looked like his whole head was floating. And, and yeah, these, shiny. these two... Yeah, yeah, way and way too shiny. But yeah, Ant Man and in this one, both of them were just they're they're perfect. Like everything matches, everything lines up. It doesn't look fake at all. It was crazy. So I do have to say I did love the movie. One of my favorite moments, and it's a stupid thing to love, is the fact that Dean Pelton from Community was oh, had a cameo. I was my <laughs> girlfriend and I sitting next to each other. We both go, it's the Dean. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to him put to him. I wanted for him to say Dean in something. Like, yeah, I did too. Like, I was like, come on, just do it, just do it, just do it. Oh, he didn't do it. That's okay. He's still a dean in a skin. A... He, exactly. he talked about a self-cooking hot dog. Like, that yeah. was just awesome. Yeah, so let's <laughs> see. I'm trying to come up with a couple of the little Easter eggs and things that were in here so we can run that down real quick. Um, The Raft makes an appearance, yeah, which is the, the super-powered prison. I couldn't believe that they did that. I, I love the fact that they did... Um, 
uh, Crossbones was great. Yep. I hate that they killed him, but it's Marvel. They kill all the bad guys anymore or make them so you can't use them. Uh, let's yeah, see. What's yeah, one? That actor did a great job and his suit was fantastic. Falcon finally got Red Wing. If you guys yep. read the books, he yep. used to have a telepathic link with a Falcon named Red Wing. Now he's got a drone, which they called Red Wing. And I was like, you know what? That's a way to bring that stupid element of a comic in and make it realistic in the more grounded MCU of things. Come on, yeah. love it. Give it a little kiss. Yeah. Are we are we also forgetting about the best choke slam ever? When uh, Black Panther leaps for Bucky on the motorcycle, he says, Hell no. Nah. Kabam. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Naki would say like the the you know the girls don't get much fun, but when Bucky's trying to escape and fucking uh, Sharon Carter and Black Widow both attack him in fist to fist hand to hand combat, that scene was fantastic. Like the girls did their damnedest to try to kick the shit out of one of the toughest guys on the planet, and they're basically just humans. Like they don't have superpowers. Well, and they started hinting the fact they started to hint at the fact that Black Widow and Bucky knew each other from her past as a Soviet agent because she goes, "Do you remember me?" Oh, nope. That kind yeah. of thing. Because they didn't have any interaction really in Winter Soldier other than a fight in the middle of the highway. They didn't really have a chance where they could talk or anything. So it seems to me so, they're hinting at the fact that Winter Soldier used to work with the Black Widow when she was a Russian agent. Which I'm surprised that they didn't keep her. Like, they they kind of, they don't really go back to her, to her Russian agent status anymore. Like, since the first Avengers movie, they don't really talk about it. So this is to come back in this first. Or it, since the second Captain America. Did they talk about it in Winter Soldier? I believe so, and they talked about it in all Age of Ultron also. I don't remember yeah, it. Well, I only, saw, I only saw Age of Ultron once because I really didn't care for it that much, honestly. Because um, in Age of Ultron, she talks about the training. They show the ballet training, her shooting, and then that's when they talk about how they made her a monster at the end of her training. Oh, that's they... right. That was in Age of Ultron. Yeah. yeah. Okay, never mind. Ignore me. Surgery for graduation. Ignore me. Hard <laughs> Shut up, Will. Oh, oh man. Shut up. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay, credits to credits, Civil War is fantastic. And yeah, like I said, it's everything that DC wishes Batman versus Superman was because they earned it. This movie led up to something where you actually care about the two main guys that are fighting. Like, yeah, I've been Team Cap every day all the way, but it doesn't mean I don't feel awful for Tony Stark. Like, you feel for the guy. It's fucking shitty what's going on in their in their world and fucking you know these two great characters attacking each other. But you actually care. That's the big difference. This movie earned everything that it did. So I never saw Batman v Superman, but there was a meme I saw on the internet. So I don't know that it's true, but I want someone to confirm that it has. That says, "Hey guys, Spider Man had more speaking lines in Captain America: Civil War than Superman did in Batman v Superman." Is that accurate or not? If you take out all the Clark stuff, I think, yeah. I believe you get... I think Spider-Man has more lines than Supes has when he's in costume. Okay, so we'll let that stand on its own then. Spider-Man just keeps yammering on. That's true. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, when, when Supes in costume, like, it's it's one of the big complaints is that he doesn't go to Super, He doesn't go to Batman during the Force fight and say, hey, this guy kidnapped my mom. Help me figure out a way to fucking stop him. He shows up for the fight and just starts fighting. It doesn't talk to the, you know... He doesn't talk to Batman at all. Right. And I wasn't bringing that up for us to crap all over Batman v Superman. I was legitimately curious whether it was true or not, because like I've said before, I have not seen the film yet. So I was, yeah, no, oh, I think Spider-Man has way more lines. Yeah, I got this one. Don't worry. The um, civil war could have ended and been peacefully done. If, if um, uh, Iron Man goes, he killed my mother, Martha and cap says, wait, 
my mom's name's Martha. Then all of a sudden you hear Bucky going, Ugh, wait, your mom's name's Martha too? <laughs> Everybody, best friends forever. The end. Best friends forever. Like that. So we probably should wrap up the discussion on this. Um, before we do that, I'll put Steven's comment in, then we can get some final thoughts on the movie. He goes, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I agree with Anthony. Team Cap, but I felt for Tony too. They did an amazing job playing to both sides of the argument. Team yep. Cap. You guys are allowed to be wrong. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, it's totally fine. I'm still Team Iron Man in this. Like, hey, if you want to vote for internment camps, you go right ahead, Naki. Tony had yeah. nothing to do with internment camps. That I was Thunderbolt say, Ross. He was a He's great one. Did, did you see? Did you that see the, the start? Did you see the look on Tony's face when he sees them locked up in the raft? That was not something he was cool with at all. He was not he, okay he with it. He gave Vision the direction to keep Wanda locked up. He created the first prisoner. Because she's different and people are afraid of her. That's all on Star. I think his reasoning was more to keep it so that they didn't do something to her out in public. Right. That was my thought. And like she it, said, that she wasn't... could protect herself. They weren't worried Which about her being Which then causes yet another incident. hurting other people. Yeah, because the problem is the incident with the Avengers when they interact with the public. I mean, it was... I understood it. Like, And I'm one of those people that... like. I think even when I read the comic... I, well, yeah, obviously when I read the comic, I was Team Cat because that's the only way that they made it. But... I mean, it, it it was like when she she doesn't have full control of her powers, which they made very clear with the whole beginning sequence where she accidentally threw a bomb into a building, you know? So, I mean... I don't think she accidentally threw a bomb into a building. She took a contained bomb and threw it up away from a crowded marketplace. But it went into and a building. And lost control of it. I mean, oh, she it doesn't exploded have, on the way up, but still. She was containing an explosion. Give her a break. She doesn't have full control of her powers, so that's what he would, like, if you don't have full control of something that explosive, I kind of understand where he was coming from, where it's like, you know, something, an incident can happen again where somebody, and then she just kind of loses control because she's angry. Well, if she didn't contain it, all the people on the little marketplace yeah. would have died. More people would have died if she hadn't been there to contain the explosion and move it up into the air above the marketplace. She I, saved lives. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm saying you're wrong. <laughs> There's reasoning for some of the things that go on in here. And as much as people try to villainize Tony, I don't think some people are realizing he's doing what he has to do to try to keep the Avengers together. He wants to keep them together, and that's the thing. And it's like, I feel bad for him because he does get... He, he has the brunt of this, honestly, out of everybody. Well, in all fairness, he keeps creating problems that cause the world to be under attack. So... I mean, a lot of the division in the team is his fucking fault. <laughs> in a sense. All right. Anyways. So final thoughts on the movie before we put a, we wrap this up and close out the show. Go. I love it. It might be the best third part of any series ever. <laughs> I want to be able to uh, ride a motorcycle like uh, Bucky. You know, just grab it, <laughs> slinging it around and no, hopping no. on and going on. You need to get a robot arm then. I've got a sword. I'll help. Yeah, there you go. So, <laughs> so um, my final thoughts on it, real quick. They did a good job of making it so that it wasn't an Avengers movie. I mean, there were two leads instead of it just being a Captain America movie. I'd argue it's Captain America and Iron Man, but those are the guys it focuses on. But they did also at the same time a good job of giving all those secondary characters a chance to shine. Um, I'd really, I really like it. Uh, it is, I think, my favorite. Um, maybe I don't. I just, I'm one of the few who loves the Thor movies. I don't know. Um, uh, I love I like them. them. They're they're fun. I, I think they're fun. 
But anyways. Yeah. Uh, versus they're on the bottom of the list. Like, that was awesome. So, I mean, there's that. But I really I really enjoyed this one. Um, I'm interested to see where they go with it now. So yeah. It's an interesting start for, what is this, phase three or four? I can't even keep track. Um, I think we're in phase four I think now. it's four now, but I'm not 100% yeah. sure. Yeah, I think Civil War was the last of phase three, because I think, isn't Doctor Strange the start of phase four? I thought this was the start right. of phase four. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It doesn't I matter. I thought phase four, I, I thought the that was not going to be it till the was it Infinity War Part Two? I don't know. Well, I thought Infinity War Part Two wrapped Phase Four. And is Spider Man included in that? Spider Man is included in that now. That's part of the reason why okay. Thor Ragnarok got moved back is because Spider Man might be a Sony movie, but Spider Man is part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe now, so that movie exists yeah. in the same continuity as everything else. And supposedly the rumor is it's not even going to be Sony ran. It's going to be Sony owned and Marvel Studios is literally running it and Kevin Feige will have control over everything. It's going to be basically what they did with the Incredible Hulk movie and the first Iron Man where Paramount was the studio but pretty much they just got the distribution rights to stack their name on it. Yeah, Universal for Hulk, Paramount for Iron Man. I'm I'm very sad that there's already a rumor that uh, Michael Keaton will not be the vulture that he's dropped out. He's already dropped out. That came out a couple weeks back. Was that confirmed? I only heard that it was a rumor. I've heard it confirmed, okay. but that, then again, it wasn't confirmed that he was going to be on the movie either. So That's true. But yeah, oh, that's going to be such a missed opportunity because, man, he would be an awesome fucking vulture. Yeah, we'll see what happens. If there's anything I've learned with Marvel, it's that I trust Marvel. Even the stuff that I wasn't sure I was going to like, like Ant-Man, I've come out liking. Yeah, so we'll see if they can continue their trend of success with Doctor Strange this upcoming November. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nakia, love it. It's a movie but, based in Asian mysticism with no Asians. But with looking at no the time, Asians. <laughs> looking at the time, we are going to start wrapping up the show because I'm sure we could have a whole separate show all about that. And we're already sure 15 we minutes over, so I'm sure we will. We are going to wrap up the show real quick. I want to ask everyone: you guys have any final thoughts for the fans before we get out of here? Uh, I'm in the mood for some dudes, so let's get out of here. I'm in the mood for Douglas oh, movies, Jesus. which is today, and I got my name yeah. tag. Well, there you go. Fuck, I'm gonna go see Doug Vincent. And Hell Anthony yeah. is—I mean, excuse me—Willie is just happy that he's got internet back. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. He's also in the mood God for some dude. That dude from Uncharted, I'm told. That dude from Uncharted. Nathan Drake. Yep. Me in the steel case. <laughs> Fuck yeah. So before we get out of here, here's my parting thought. Steven has asked, what's the next Geeks.Live show? That is the official GunnaGeek.com podcast at 8.45 p.m. Eastern Time on Monday. And I hadn't even gotten to that point in my script yet, so he got me all out of order on my script. Damn it, Steven. Damn it, Steven. You screwed up my smooth transitions. And all kidding aside, though, that is the next show. Make sure you go check it out. As I've said multiple times, the video production work that Steven is doing on the GunnaGeek.com podcast blows my mind each and every time we look at it and do it. I don't know. It is Brain fart. I don't know. But I think we're going to get out of here. We did a lot of extra overtime this time. Sorry, guys. We're trying to keep it around the hour mark, but it's one hour and 14 minutes now. And when I truncate silence, it'll probably drop two or three minutes. But who knows? We'll see you guys next week for an all new live episode at 11 a.m. Eastern. You can do the math from there over at geeks.live or channel three of Alpha Geek Radio. But until then, we'll see you. Bye, guys, and have a good one. Bye. Bye. All right, Naki, just use the sword. Have true aim. Just do it. Quickly. This could hurt. Let's go. <laughs>
Koala! He's got a metal arm. That's Thanks awesome! Thanks for listening to this brand new episode of the All Things Good and Nerdy Podcast. Don't forget, we'll be back next Sunday live at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, over at live.atgnpodcast.com, channel 3 of the Alpha Geek Radio app, and over at our network home at gunnageek.com slash live. If you have any feedback for the show, please contact us at atgnpodcast at gunnageek.com on our hotline number at 304-806-ATGN, or even better, go to Twitter and send us a message at atgnpodcast. The music you've heard in this show is produced by Kevin McLeod and can be found at incompetech.com.